View from the C-Suite is brought to you by Altron, technology partners in your digital transformation journey. For more info, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. This is Classic Business with Michael Avery on Classic 1027 in Gauteng and Fine Music Radio in Cape Town. Time for your view from the C-suite in partnership with Eltron, bringing you closer to the business leaders around the boardroom table. Now, I got to know my next guest a little better on a recent trip to Poland with a large group of property analysts. We went to go and kick the bricks of the company's Polish retail property assets. Hadley Dean, he's got more than uh, two decades, almost three decades uh, of real estate experience. He's the CEO of EPP. It's Poland's largest retail real estate company, uh, JSE and Dutch listed. It's got a strategic goal to consolidate the Polish shopping centre market and he runs a Mean Finds meeting. Evening, Hadley. How are you doing? Oh, I'm very good. Now, you studied a Bachelor of Science in um, Agriculture, Food and Marketing at the University of Newcastle upon Tyne. So, a few things. Firstly, how does one go from agriculture to property? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Look, I think when I was uh, was growing up, it was uh, actually I was very interested in the, in the countryside and I was very interested in the land and uh, uh, I thought that, uh, you know, I was also interested in food and marketing, so uh, it sounded like the perfect degree, but uh, as often when you're, um, you know, 17, 18, you're, you're not entirely sure on what you want to do, and within two years I realized that uh, actually that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to spend a little bit more time understanding sort of real estate and, and getting to know property. When did you first dip your toe into the property waters, so to speak? Uh, do you remember exactly when that was? It was in the summer of 1993, and I did uh, a one-month uh, uh, like a secondment with a, uh, one of the real estate brokerage houses in London. And uh, that was it. Now, Newcastle upon Tyne, are you a Geordie? Is that where you grew up? <laughs> well, funnily enough, over 150 years ago, yes, we were Geordies. But uh, no, I mean, my, most of my family lived uh, just outside London. But uh, it's a great, I don't know how well you know Newcastle, but the Geordies are fantastic people. Yeah, they are fantastic people. I've got a few mates uh, who are died in the wool Geordies uh, and long-suffering Newcastle fans as well. Shame. My thoughts do go out to them. Now, if you were to describe your leadership style, and I, I've pulled this from your LinkedIn page, so please excuse me, and uh, it's not really to embarrass you, but Scott Addison, who's president of brokerage services at Colliers International Canada, where you served as a, a managing partner at Colliers, calls you an inspirational leader who takes a hands-on approach and truly cares about making your people better. How would you describe your leadership style? It's almost difficult to talk about yourself, but I'm very much of the opinion that you want to you, the the triangle needs to be upside down. You know the good ideas typically come from the people on the floor, and I think management teams you know usually are the killers of good ideas because typically what happens is people let's say bring ideas up through let's say the ranks of the company and management teams if it's not their idea have a tendency of just killing the good ideas. And I think basically what management teams need to do is to their job is to listen to the good ideas, and when we find good ideas, help repopulate them across the company. And I've always held that view. So I believe 
in a very, very flat system. And that's certainly the system you're employing uh, currently at EPP. You're also one of those sort of larger-than-life characters, a big personality, as they say. Uh, you received the award uh, in 2017 at Eurobuild Awards for the Real Estate Personality of the Year. And I'm, I'm sure as part of your corporate life, you've received sort of many sage bits of advice. What stands out for you over the last uh, almost three decades now that you've been working in the property game? Yeah, I think you know, I, I actually got some great advice yesterday. Is that, that I think integrity is absolutely at the core of who we are and what we do. And I think, you know, when I'm speaking to a lot of the you know, to younger executives, sometimes people, you know, I, I take sort of, let's say, shortcuts. And that often catches up with people. And uh, doing the right thing at the right time it should be much more than just how you're brought up. Um, it mm. should be very much uh, in the DNA of who you are. So I'd say integrity, that's something that I focus a lot on with my teams. It's uh, sadly in short supply as we see so many corporate governance scandals in South Africa lately. So something that uh, I think we all need to focus on returning to. You spent 13 years living in Poland while you were working at Colliers that I referenced earlier and you helped build that business and then run the Central and Eastern European operations. Uh, were you headhunted by EPP back in 2016? How did that go? Yeah, it was uh, again, uh, sort of, uh, after spending sort of 13 years of uh, being a sort of a corporate uh, waller, I decided that uh, I wanted to be more of an entrepreneur. So I joined an outfit called Compass Offices and uh, I became their partner in uh, Europe, the Middle East and Africa. And we were going to roll out a serviced office platform. And what was interesting about that is that there was a great team that was assembled. But uh, sadly, um, six months in, the owner of the company decided to have a, a change of strategy. And at that point, I was approached by Mark and Andrew to be the CEO of a company that they had just, let's say, had bought. They flew me down from my farm in Wales, uh, down to Cape Town and also to Johannesburg. And we got on very well. The rest is history. Yeah, Mark uh, Weiner and uh, Andrew Kudig there, uh, just for those who might not be 100% sure who you're talking about. And the rest is history. What you've set about doing is establishing a retail giant in Poland. And you are quite passionate about the whole Polish story, having obviously lived there for uh, over 15 years now, Hadley. What is it about the country that sees the Poles as a sort of central European tiger? You've got GDP growth last year, 5.1%. What we would give for that in South Africa, it's got consistently low unemployment. Uh, it's now the sixth largest economy in the EU. And in fact, last year, it formally entered developed market status in the FTSE Russell Index. So not bad for a once struggling communist ruled backwater of Europe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know what I love about Poland, actually, is its people. Typically, uh, the way they kind of got through the, the former sort of, let's say, the Soviet occupation was by meeting and talking a lot, actually, sort of in church. So there's a real sort of sense of right and wrong and decency that you find in Poland that you simply just don't get in the UK anymore. And what I love about the polls is their passion for change. You know, things aren't changing. If things aren't moving, you know, they get really frustrated where, you know, I don't know what it's like in South Africa, but certainly in the UK. I mean, you have to sort of sit down and have 15 cups of tea before everything changes. Uh, um, <laughs> Bumble along, I think they call it, as we see with Brexit. Exactly. And I think, you know, with Brexit, Poland's importance and relevance within the EU uh, clearly will strengthen. And, you know, what we've talked about when you were in uh, in Poland was that, you know, the relevance of Poland and the way that the 17 different governments have managed the economy over the last 28 years has been very relevant because they've mm. all known the direction they were going in. It was they were going to the West and all of the governments have looked after the economy. 
And hence, it sits with a GDP to debt ratio of you know 50%. And you know the consumer-led demand, the burgeons of this middle class that is coming through and spending likes of normal Western European consumers, it's just a pleasure to witness. Yeah, and uh, that's also why retail is such a resilient sector there. But why in particular shopping malls and not the sort of high streets that we see elsewhere in Europe? It's a very good question, and it comes from actually the history of the Soviet occupation in the Second World War. Because what happened in the Second World War was most of the city centers were destroyed. And then with the Soviet occupation, they brought in their sort of state-run shops. So most of the shopping was done in these sort of awful sort of former Soviet sort of shops. And a lot of the shopping was done in outdoor open-air markets. So really what happened back in 1990 through to today is that... Um, you've got this sort of progressive development of shopping centers. And shopping centers have always been seen by polls as a, as a leisure activity. It's not just to go and buy a pair of jeans and go home. It's where you meet your families and friends. It always has been a, a destination. And it's cemented by the fact that there are basically no high streets in Poland. Now, when you look at the trends in the Polish property market, uh, what sort of trends are you seeing that uh, either excite or worry you currently where we find ourselves uh, today in 2019 in an environment where Germany is slowing down and the Polish economy is rather dependent uh, on Germany to an extent. What either worries or excites you about Polish property at the moment? Well, I think, you know, the German economy is obviously very, very linked to the Chinese economy. So if China has a slowdown, uh, which it is, there will be an impact in Germany. And of course, a lot of, you know, 25% of our manufacturing goes to Germany. But, you know, what we saw in the last financial crisis was companies and Western European companies had to cut costs in order to maintain their profit levels and margins. And what they did is they did that by cutting expensive jobs and moving manufacturing and back office and mid office jobs to Poland. So I think, you know, in the worst case scenario, we'll see our GDP drop, drop to two to two and a half percent, which I actually think is not a bad thing anyway for Poland. But in the medium term, I think Poland will benefit just like it did from the 2008 crisis. Very interesting. And some of the trends that were picked up by the analysts uh, on that tour early on in the year related to or some of the concerns perhaps related to that Sunday trading ban and the impact that that might have more broadly, perhaps political concerns, as we have seen a resurgent sort of populism uh, take hold all over Europe and whether or not that might impact the politics in Poland. And then lastly, uh, I think in the three broad buckets, the level of debt in the capital structure and your funding sources. How have you addressed those three? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the Sunday trading, um, so this year and the first half of the year, we had 17 Sundays closed versus seven Sundays closed in H1 2018. But yet we've seen a 2% increase in footfall. So pretty much the consumer has changed their habits away from Sundays and just basically, you know, they're doing their food shopping and their clothes shopping on a, on a different day. So in fact, we haven't actually lost customers. In fact, we've gained customers. In terms of the government, I mean, I think just to reinforce my previous point is that, um, you know, this government does typically sort of 
shoot itself in the foot with its PR. But actually, some of the things that it's doing is, you know, it's, with Poland in the last three years, has seen some of the biggest redistribution of wealth from the wealthy to the poorer members of society. And I think that's a really good thing by bringing in this child allowance scheme. They've just extended that child allowance scheme now to their first child. So that's 120 euros per child per month you now get. And this is probably since the Second World War, the biggest redistribution of wealth. And I think that's a really important because what you see in Europe now is you look at the yellow vests in France, look mm. at what's happening in the UK. It's that bottom 10% of the economy is just being left behind really by artificial intelligence. But of course, it's much easier to blame migrants. So I think Poland is doing a good job in that sense. And the final point was what are we doing with our capital structure? Well, what we said right at the beginning of this year was this was a year not necessarily to grow our DPS, but to reduce our LTV. And that's exactly what we've done. So mm. we've brought our LTV down by 2.1 percentage points, now to below 50. And we will continue to attract new investors to help us do that. And part of that uh, deal that you announced, uh, was it back in June, I think, with uh, Henderson Park, uh, seems to be located within that uh, strategy broadly. Absolutely. So Poland, as you mentioned, has been just upgraded to develop market status. So what we're now seeing is a different type of profile of an investor that's now circling and looking to invest in Poland. And typically, these investors want joint venture partners. And I think we're very well positioned to be the joint mm. venture partner. Hadley, just as uh, we approach the end of our time together, what word of advice would you have for anyone who's thinking about dipping their toes into the world of commercial property, perhaps hasn't started out just yet in their career? If you were to look back uh, and uh, say, well, this is the advice I would have given myself back in 1993. Well, <laughs> the biggest advice, I think, I think it's all relevant and it's not just for property, is be very wary of you know younger people who claim to have a profound knowledge of Excel and think the world revolves in Excel. <laughs> the mistakes I see people make from these sort of you know these uh, property analysts in let's say, and I'm talking more about financialists in terms of you know when you're looking at how to actually fund a property. Mm. What if they don't understand the fundamental of basically how property works and you just can't replace that grey-haired experience. And I think that's the same in every industry. And it always worries me when I you know, see younger people basically wandering around with their Excels and uh, pretending they rule the world. Well, they've been called uh, these models weapons of maths destruction uh, for a good reason, Hadley. <laughs> and uh, with that, uh, that's all the time we do have for uh, tonight's view from the C-suite. Uh, great catching up with you and I look forward to grabbing a beer with you sometime soon Hadley take care absolutely many thanks that was Hadley Dean the CEO of EPP sharing his view from the C-suite brought to you by Ultron technology partners in your digital transformation journey for more information visit them at ultron.com Ultron there when it matters view from the C-suite was brought to you by Ultron technology partners in your digital transformation journey for more info visit ultron.com Ultron there when it matters I've been with you from the very beginning. I watched as you connected to your world with a feeling of wonder. I was there as you learned and later when you earned. I was there on the best day of your life and when that life drew full circle. I've been there all along and I always will be. Ultron. There when it matters. Visit Ultron.com for more information.